Hello and welcome to the EIC Scaling Club podcast, where we share interesting insights from leading European deep tech entrepreneurs, investors, and industry experts. You've come to the right place. Now sit back and enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Robin Wouters. I'm a technology journalist uh, specialized in European innovation ecosystems. Uh, as the founder of TechEU, I'm delighted to work with a number of partners on uh, something uh, we call EIC Scaling Club, uh, which is a new initiative that aims to play a super active role in connecting Europe's leading uh, deep tech scale-ups, investors, and other stakeholders in order to grow the ecosystem to the benefit of everyone. Uh, with that context in mind, I'm delighted to be joined here today for this podcast by Anna Maikes. Uh, she is a Spanish entrepreneur and co-founder and longtime CEO of a company called Neuroelectrics, uh, which is a company that aims to change the way we interact with the brain, uh, developing innovative technologies to monitor and stimulate the brain and thus help patients in need. A very warm welcome to you, Anna. How have you been? Thank you, uh, Robin. I'm a huge fan of TechEU and also of the EIC, so it's really a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you. Fantastic. That's good to hear. Uh, now, Neuroelectrics, you've been at that company for quite a while, but can you explain to those who don't know, uh, in a nutshell, what, what does the company do? So for many like you and others that know me from just traveling around the globe, I always wear my famous cap with electrodes, right? Uh, so what Neuroelectrics is trying to do is really using a novel uh, therapeutic mode, um, non-invasive brain stimulation, so really inject brain to really um, the brains of patients that are suffering. So our idea is that drugs are wonderful, but sometimes they are limited. So we believe there is a new approach to deal with the brain. The brain is an electric system. So our goal is really to develop these new therapies based on our platform and our device that can stimulate the brain with electricity, but also monitor the brain, which again is an electric part of your body. Wow. That sounds like a company that's very heavily rooted in science. Uh, is that also where uh, the origins of the or the background of the company comes from? Yes, and because you have here the logo of the European Union, we started uh, more than 20 years ago with our first company doing neuroscience research. And I think that probably the brain is yet the most sophisticated, the most unknown part of our body. There are almost 100 billion neurons in our brain, and we don't know how it works. And Ramon y Cajal, who was a, a Spanish scientist uh, and one of our few Nobel Prizes, um, started really to describe how the brain works. But we are still so far away from really understanding the complexity of this part of our body, which really makes us human. So it's a really deep science, deep tech um, company, because what the problem we are trying to address is extremely difficult to address. And we couldn't be here without the support of so many European uh, research funding programs like Horizon 2020. We have a European Research Council grant. We are one of the few private companies that has a strong ERC. So, you know, there's no way we can understand the brain without a lot of um, research and deep tech funding. Um, you mentioned you use the roots of the neuroscientific research uh, to essentially help people with brain diseases. Uh, can you be a bit more specific about what kind of treatments uh, they can get and what kind of diseases you're trying to well fix? So after years and years of research in neuroscience and developing our famous CAP, um, we decided to really 
you know, we don't want to be only scientists uh, writing papers and making wonderful publications. We really want to have an impact and take it to the patient. And that takes such a huge effort. One of the main barriers is when you want to take a therapy or a new concept to a patient, you need to go through the regulatory burden. So we decided to scale up our company from Barcelona to Boston. Uh, almost eight years ago, we moved to Boston for seven years. And there we started our first um, FDA trial uh, two years ago. So we decided to do epilepsy. Epilepsy is a disorder that uh, creates seizures. And it's because your brain is hyper excited. Let's say it has too much activity in a part of your brain. So what we do is we inject with our cap um, electrical stimulation, which is inhibitory. So we try to bring the excitation down through electrical currents. And we do this 20 minutes during 10 days, day after day after day, non-invasively. And we have shown to the FDA that we can reduce seizures by 50%. So our patients, after 10 days of stimulation, they reduce seizures by half. So today... We are doing a pivotal phase three study for the FDA in Europe and in the US with 190 patients that are receiving this non-invasive stimulation uh, therapy. And if we succeed and the results are as good as in the pilot, we will become the first company in the world to go through the FDA with this novel uh, therapy. So the vision is that patients will be prescribed our cap at home and you will be receiving stimulation at home. And um, I think this is the dream of an entrepreneur. You start by an idea, you start doing heavy research, you start doing a lot of projects, and finally you are at the footsteps uh, with the FDA to become a new therapy that will have an impact on millions of patients. But after epilepsy now, uh, we are doing also another uh, FDA trial in depression within mental health is one of our biggest challenges after the pandemic. So we've also seen phenomenal results um, in depression, and we also want to take our therapy um, to these patients and, and also go through the regulatory path. Wow, that's a very impressive. You're tackling really big problems uh, and very complex problems for that matter. Um, but it also means that it takes quite a long time to develop these things. Um, uh, it's quite capital intensive as well. You mentioned you received some grants and funding. Um, but do you think you'll get to a point where you can essentially commercialize the products or, or the service um, to a point where it's uh, self-sustainable? Well, yeah, so so we did raise significant amount of capital in our Series A um, funding. We raised almost 20 million of Series A. Uh, we are going to be heading soon for a Series B. And, and I think that the deployment of this intensive capital is really to go not only through the regulatory, but through the reimbursement um, strategy. And I think we are going to be commercial in less than three years. And it is really, we are going to be restless until we get this uh, technology into the houses of millions of patients. And I think that's the thrive that sometimes I lack in some very deep tech or European scientists, because, you know, the scientific part is very challenging, but so is the business part, right? And, and it just takes perseverance and time and effort through goal to all these obstacles. And there's no shortcut. You're working with brain patients, so you have to follow the rules, you have to make sure it's safe, and you have to make sure that um, you're protecting the patient. But um, we'll, we'll do whatever it takes to get to the commercial stage. And I think that's the commitment we have to our team and to our investors. 
Great. Well, looking forward to seeing that uh, part of the journey as well. Um, you already mentioned you commute between Boston and Barcelona quite a lot. Uh, was it critical for you as a company to set up base in the US as well? Or could you have built this company solely in Europe? Well, I think it's it's a great question. And what I believe is when you're an entrepreneur, um, we always have like a global mind. So it doesn't matter that you're born in Europe or in the US. The thing is, what is your mindset? I mean, do you want to help patients only in Europe, only in Spain, only in the US? So our motivation is if there are patients suffering from epilepsy in Europe, in the US and in Asia, why do we need to serve only you know one population, right? So I think our mindset is global. And I think Europe is wonderful. We have great people, great talent, great companies. But I think that scaling up your company to a territory like the US or Asia is also critical because the world is big. Europe is a part of it. And you have to leverage the benefits of every territory. Uh, Boston is a wonderful place. Uh, it's a place where a lot of innovation happens. Uh, it's a place where risk is accepted, where failure is accepted. And Europe is a place where you can develop technology in a brilliant, amazing way, right? So I think, and then Asia, I think it gives you an, a scale that you don't find anywhere else, right? So you have to play your cards in an intelligent way in every territory. So I don't consider myself only European, only Bostonian. We have a lot of activity in Asia. I would like to see of Neuroelectrics, you know, as a global company. Great. Well, it's great to hear the global ambitions as well. Um, and part of what we do at the IC Scaling Club is exactly the same, trying to help scale up the Series A, Series B, Series C uh, stage companies to a point where they can become global leaders. Now, you're quite familiar with the EIC yourself. Um, can you elaborate a little bit on how you uh, worked with the EIC in the past? So the EIC, I think, was a great idea. And I've been serving the EIC board for four years. I think one, I'm one of the longest members in the EIC board. I was um, in the initial pilot patient and this one, I just, because uh, my mandate uh, couldn't be more than four years. So from this point, I'm not a lo longer a member, but I think that I have a lot of visibility on the EIC. I think um, uh, the European Commission has recognized that our companies need uh, funding to compete at a global level and that we are at disadvantage with the US and other territories, right? So I think that the fact that the commission is directly investing in companies is a really amazing strategy and it has brought a lot of friction internally at the commission, right? Because they're acting as a, a public venture capital funder, right? But I think I've seen the EIC so much demand every time we put out a call. You know, there are so many companies that are left without funding. And I've seen some of our companies becoming unicorns and centaurs. And if you think of the strategies of countries like France and position themselves in the scale-up uh, game or even Spain or others, I think we have a tremendous opportunity. And I think the public money and the EAC are critical to help companies, especially, for example, women-led organizations. That's one of the reasons why I joined the EIC. Eastern countries, I mean, in the board, we have people from Estonia, Bulgaria, Czech Republic. The widening countries are awesome. I mean, young people highly technical, uh, highly entrepreneurial, right? So I think that, you know, Europe is a new Europe and we need to make sure that there are not hidden heroes, right? And we give these brilliant people 
the chance they deserve to scale other companies. And, and that happens in America with the famous American dream that we could debate whether that's still a case. But I think in Europe, we, we also have to provide those opportunities and the funding. And the commission is an entity that can do things that the private market cannot. Maybe we should be calling it the European. <laughs> exactly. um, uh, now the EIC has been um, strongly focused on on science driven innovation, um, sort of the breakthrough technologies, the more capital intensive, patient, uh, longer to develop uh, type of technologies. Um, when you started Neuroelectrics, the term deep tech wasn't really a term yet, I, I believe. Um, do you consider yourself a deep tech company or a medical tech company? How do you describe yourself typically? Well, I think we are kind of like a medical device company, but I think that we are rooted in very deep. For example, as an example, I mean, you've seen my device and we are a medical device company in the sense that um, we have to bring these devices uh, to the market through regulatory process and so on. But, for example, my, my co-founder, Giulio Ruffini, who is a scientist, is developing what we call neurotwins or digital copies of the brain on the cloud. These sophisticated computational neuro neuroscience models of the brain, they make a replica of your brain in the cloud. They take your biophysics. So how is your brain physically from an MRI, your scalp thickness, your conductivity. They also take how your brain behaves electrophysiologically, how your brain waves are generated. And they made this computational replica of Robin's brain. So this neurotwin then is used to really personalize or anticipate, you know, predict how your brain will respond to different treatments before you provide those treatments. Uh, we use it for our electrical stimulation, but this is huge to me, huge deep tech uh, computational uh, power, you know, because so I still see, because we have such a, we have 25 people in the company only doing brain models, physicists, mathematicians, uh, engineers, and they're building these very, very difficult um, replicas of the brain. So I still consider myself more of a deep tech company than a medical device, because what I what we are developing at the company is so cutting edge and it's so visionary and it hasn't been done before that I think we will forever be a deep tech company. Yeah. And are you yourself personally on board with this whole notion of we need to support the deep tech entrepreneurs uh, in particular in Europe? Because that's where the talent is. That's where the um, sort of the strength of Europe lies. Do you agree with well, that? Well, I, I think yes, partly. Um, in the EIC, we used to say um, solving relevant problems in a responsible way. If you analyze that sentence, sentence solving relevant problems, is that that's where the deep tech comes. Like, if you think about climate change, if you think about neurodegeneration, Alzheimer's, the brain, you know, the aging, these huge challenges that humanity has, you're not going to solve with a um, software to date or to buy food. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you really need deep tech for some of these huge uh, challenges. So, you know, solving relevant problems is where I think Europe has a tremendous opportunity. Do you know that in Europe we create more science and publications than in any other territory? So we are the number one uh, creator of knowledge, but we are terrible in turning knowledge into money. I think that's the part where the U.S. is amazing, right? It's like you turn money into knowledge, but then that knowledge should get back to money, right? Um, 
So I think that that's also where the responsible way comes and the, the European way is more like the ethical way of what kind of companies are we supporting, what kind of companies are we scaling. And honestly, with all my respects, I don't think we need a thousand buy food delivery companies. We also need, you know, to really go to science to solve transportation, pollution, climate change, energy, you know, health. So so I do agree with the sense that we need deep tech, but we also need um, the ethics uh, in growing these companies. Uh, I think you described it very well. I've never heard heard it like that before, but it's true. Uh, a lot of the systems that we have can bring money to uh, scientists and researchers. Uh, they're very good at turning that knowledge into, you know, working prototypes, working products. But very often, the next step, turning into a commercial product uh, and scaling up a company and a global business is the hard part. Um, do you think we can solve that? And is it only going to have to come from, you know, institutions like the Commission and the EIC? I don't know. It's a really good question, and it has. Um, you're from the UK, where you know your. I mean, the, I'm actually from. Oh, Belgium. sorry, but uh, so <laughs> no yeah, worries. sorry. So I think that in in the UK there is still more of a mentality of business, uh, more close to the US. I mean, I'm still shocked by my colleagues uh, from MIT and in Boston. I mean, these scientists they have such a business mind in a way. I mean, business and science in Boston are so close together. If you think of uh, Bob Langer, which is the biggest inventor in MIT with the most number of patents, right? He's involved in so many companies from Moderna to Biogen to... So, you know, this chasm between science and business in the US is not as huge, I think, as in Europe, right? So I think that it's not only about money and investment from the commission, it's about the mentality, the culture. Um, so I think that's a huge challenge for Europe. And I would love maybe to bring into the European territory some of these amazing American people with experience um, from those ecosystems to you know help us speed up. Because I think we'll get there, but we are years behind and the culture is not exactly the same. So I think it still has a Europe a challenge in becoming more business oriented, right? And you know, my co-founder, he's a scientist, he went to the dark side, right? Instead of remaining in an institution, he joined a private company. But he's doing amazing research. So this concept that you're going to the dark side and that you can only do science in an institution, I think we have to break that. Yeah, hopefully we can. Of course, the mindset and the culture change takes a lot of time, sometimes a generation, uh, but that's definitely where the focus should lie. Um, we're going to wrap it up, but uh, before we do, I wanted to ask you, aside from completing the trials and getting the FDA approval uh, and commercializing the product, what do you think the next three to five years for Neuroelectrics will look like? Well, I think we have huge challenges. I think that it's really making sure that we push what we have into the market and into the patients going through the regulatory and reimbursement and, you know, fundraising the company to get there. But at the same time, we need to advance the science of understanding how the brain works and making our therapies more effective. We are also working on, thanks to the commission, in Alzheimer's and neurodegeneration. So we have a lot of challenges to see how these new technologies um, can improve their efficacy, you know, their personalization, uh, 
if you think of Alzheimer's or depression, um, you know, the levels of the disease are so huge. The, you know, there is so much heterogeneity in the kind of patients. So how you stratify them, what, what do you give them best? So I think that we have a lot of challenges also in the science side to understand better um, what every single brain needs and every brain is different, right? So I think that's, we'll have to work on the science and we'll have to work on pushing what we have into the market as well. Great conversation and it's been amazing watching your journey unfold. I'm going to keep watching it, of course. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time, Anna, and uh, wishing you all the best with Neuroelectrics. Thank you, Robin. And it's been a pleasure. Keep up the good work. And, you know, to all the entrepreneurs out there, scale up and be ambitious on the, on the ethical, nice side. Have a great impact. Great note to end on. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the EIC Scaling Club podcast. For more interesting insights on European deep tech, subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and our newsletter on eicscalingclub.eu. See you. See you.